Chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's said Hand off his box, the box of chocolates. Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike, and Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every Thursday evening at 6.30. On today's show, some scientific realizations that were not realized before about food, some about food, some about, well, not exactly food, but sounds like food, if you know what I'm saying. Some molasses that wasn't actually exploding, but in fact hurling on its own at the speed it was able to hurl on its own at, making sense already, you know. Uh, Something about the Milky Way galaxy, milk being milk, but the Milky Way not being made of milk nor green cheese, but we'll get to that in a moment. And there's one other thing. Oh, yes, uh, a 5,000-year-old prosciutto. That's it. But in the meantime, it's really cold outside, so what we could use right now to warm ourselves up is a good barnyard frolic. What do you think?
Well, I feel warmer already. It was about 19 degrees, now it feels like about 30, so that's doing the trick. That is from a collection called Cluck Old Hen, a barnyard serenade, 1926-1940, on the old hat record label that is Barnyard Frolic by the Carolina Ramblers String Band. That was awesome. It meant a lot to me. So, on to science here. Science. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture. Last fall, the New York Times presented an article by Aaron McCann about the molasses disaster of 1919, and I neglected to bring that to your attention last month, and I apologize. I hope I can make it up to you now. Basically, in Boston in January 1919, says Aaron McCann, more than 2 million gallons of molasses burst from a gigantic holding tank in the city's north end. 21 people were killed, and about 150 more were injured. The wave of syrup, some reports said it was up to 40 feet tall, rushed through the waterfront, destroying buildings, overturning vehicles, and pushing a firehouse off of its foundation. For nearly 100 years, no one really knew why the spill was so deadly. But at a meeting of the American Physical Society in October, and they get very physical, I tell you, a team of scientists and students presented what may be an important piece of the puzzle. Experiments were done in a walk-in refrigerator to model how corn syrup standing in for molasses would behave in cold temperatures. They applied the results to a full-scale flood, projecting it over a map of the north end of Boston. An aerospace engineer said the historical record says that the initial wave of molasses moved at 35 miles per hour. So a 35-mile-per-hour wave of molasses, possibly up to 40 feet tall. Ugh. At the time, people thought there must have been an explosion in the tank to cause the molasses to move that fast, she said. But after these experiments, it was discovered that the molasses could actually move at that speed all by itself. Because it had a mind of its own? No, because if the tank had burst in warmer weather, it would have flowed farther, but also thinner. In the winter, after the initial burst, this happened in winter, see, after the initial burst, which lasted between 30 seconds and a few minutes, according to the engineer, the cooler temperature of the outside air raised the viscosity of the molasses, essentially trapping people who had, been not, who had not been able to escape the wave. They got stuck in the molasses and some of them drowned. This is grim stuff for something that should be as cheerful as molasses. But this is new experimentation, discovering new things about why the molasses disaster did what it did. Why it did what it did, we will never know. What was going through its mind, we don't know. All we know, though, is that molasses is not as healthy as vegetables. Here, as an antidote, is from Mr. Nervous Norvis. That is his given name. His parents named him Nervous Norvis. The lean green vegetable fiend from T'other Side of the Moon goes a little something like this. This is a whale, 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 whale of a tail, tail, tail. I'm a telling you. If you are wise, 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 you will surmise, mise, mise. It's not hullabaloo. If I'm a sap, 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 having a nap, 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 crazy as a loon. Tell what I can, can, can of the screen man, man, man. 
from t'other side of the moon. He was a lean, he was a green, he was a lean green vegetable scene from Juno on the other side of the moon. With pointed ears and pointed nose, with pointed chin and pointed toes, the likes of him you won't be meeting with Suno. He's a lot greener than a doctor's pill, and brother, it ain't chlorophyll, but just the same you'd like this little goon. He's never mean, just lean and green, you'd love this little vegetable teen from Juno on the other side of the moon. Oh, I heard a rap, 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 and then a tap, tap, tap coming from my window. What I saw there, there, there made my poor hair, hair, hair. Stand right up on endo. For what appeared, peered, peered was just so weird, weird, weird. I felt like I ought to swoon. Into my home, home, home came this green gnome, gnome, gnome from t'other side of the moon. He was a lean, he was a green, he was a lean green vegetable fiend from Juno on the other side of the moon. With pointed ears and pointed nose, with pointed chin and pointed toes, the likes of him you won't be meeting with soon. Oh, he's a lot greener than a doctor's pill, and brother, it ain't chlorophyll, but just the same you'd like this little goon. He's never mean, just lean and green. You'd love this little vegetable fiend from Juno on the other side of the moon. Oh, from Juno on. The other side of the moon. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Nervous Norvis. I'm not nervous at all. That was from 1962. That was the lean green vegetable fiend from T'other Side of the Moon. That man best known for his classic transfusion and his other classic ape call. This from the album entitled Stone Age Woo, subtitled The Zorch Sounds of Nervous Norvis. It's a long story. It's 20 minutes to 7. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Wait, it's not over yet. Here's another recent discovery to do with the Milky Way, which is close enough for food. Ashley Strickland from CNN put out this article this week. She says our home galaxy, the Milky Way, is being pushed across the universe by a large unseen force, according to new research. From t'other side of the moon, even farther. Although it may not seem like a friendly gesture, the newly discovered dipole repeller is actually available at Target. No, is actually helping our galaxy on its journey across the expanding universe. Researchers have known that the galaxy was moving at a relative speed for the past 30 years, but they didn't know why. Now we find an emptiness in exactly the opposite direction, which provides a push in the sense of a lack of a pull. A push in the sense of a lack of a pull, said Brent Tully, one of the study authors and an astronomer at the Institute for Astronomy in Honolulu. In a tug of war, if there are more people at one end, then the flow will be toward them and away from the weaker side. This is the force that is pushing the Milky Way across the universe, we thought we were just floating. We thought we were just a bit of milk floating in, in a large uh, udder or something like that. It's really hard to say. We'll have to do more research on that. But there you have it. And, you know, when you get milk and it's in outer space, it gets very cold and you get ice cream. And that's why you might want to wear an ice cream suit that may feel like what you're wearing right now. 
in the meantime here is a song called ice cream hat it's about a man wearing an ice cream suit by the original brothers and sisters of love goes like this go that is ice cream hat by the original brothers and sisters of love that was recorded in the late 19 of the 90s the original brothers and sisters of love went through some mutations after a while there timothy monger was the singer on that and you should know that timothy monger has a new solo album out he's going to be performing at the ark this coming wednesday february 8th it's a an LP and some CDs, I believe, release show at the Ark Wednesday, February 8th. I don't know if he'll have any ice cream suits 
on or for sale, but you'll just have to find out. It's about quarter to seven, Pandora's Lunchbox. This is Mike. This is WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor, and WCBN.org. Go to the website and see things, see many things. Arwolf is here. He's getting ready for his wonderful show coming up at seven. Here's another discovery for you as soon as I can get it right here on the uh, Petri dish to share with you. This this concerns Utsi the Iceman. That's O with an umlaut, so I think it's Utsi. Gizmodo presented an article last month by George Dvorsky. It said, there's been new research on Utsi the Iceman, an exquisitely preserved 5,300-year-old human found in an, a European glacier. It shows that he ate a form of dry-cured meat known as speck, a fatty, bacon-like snack that's still found on charcuterie boards today. In other words, it says, prehistoric Copper Age Europeans were eating a form of prosciutto over 5,000 years ago. Mummy expert Albert Zink made the discovery by analyzing the nanostructure of the goat meat fibers found in Utsi's stomach. Would that I could do that kind of research. Tests revealed the presence of raw meat that had been dry-cured, not cooked or grilled, which would have weakened the fibers. Zinc speculates that Utsi, who was found without a proper hunting bow, brought the dry meat snack for his journey, whereas unprocessed raw meat would have spoiled quickly. Further analysis showed that he hadn't eaten any cheese or dairy products, only meat. Prior to this discovery, the oldest examples of dry curing dated back to ancient Persia and Greece, some 2,500 years ago. Examples of curing also exist among Stone Age cultures. And indigenous people of the Great Plains and Canadian prairies hung their meat at the top of their teepees to boost the amount of smoke coming into contact with their food. Copper Age Europeans, we now know, did something similar. So that's Utsi the Iceman. And something else in another article about Utsi the Iceman was a bit alarming. Some scientists claim to have come up with some idea what Utsi the Iceman's voice sounded like. We're talking about a guy who was 5,000 years old. I think that was a while before the Edison Cylinder, so I don't know how you do that. But a team of Italian research, according to... What do I sound like today? It's hard to speak. A team of Italian researchers reconstructed his vocal cords and used it to reproduce what his voice may have sounded like. So here is a sample of Italian vowels in the form of what Utsi may have sounded like. Brace yourselves. This is kind of strange and maybe a little creepy. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. No, I'm going to play that again, but I don't know what this teaches us. Nevertheless. Okay, the Italian scientists still need to incorporate the effects of soft tissues in the mouth and throat, as well as the tension and density of the vocal cords to get a more accurate reconstruction. They say this is the starting point for further research. So I don't know if he really sounded like that, but the idea that you could reconstruct somebody's voice from what they sounded like 5,000 years ago pretty much blows my mind. In the meantime, we have this archival recording of what Utsi the caveman, Iceman, excuse me, might have sounded like if he was around in the late 50s recording some R&B tunes. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
Tennessee. All my friends was uh, glad to see me. Seen some down by the railroad track. Seen some cotton pickers with their sacks on their backs. They say, hey man, we're glad to see you back. We got a new dance they call uh, Bacon Fat. It goes. Oh, have mercy. Help yourself, young. Then you go. Oh, but the chicken was never like this. Now then I went down to see my local DJ His name is Kane, he lived down Tennessee way I said, hey man, what's this new kind of jump? Well you wind up twice and then you end up with a bump He said, dig daddy, this is a natural fact It's a sweep in the south, that thing, the bacon fat You go, Entertain the people, youngin. Oh, help yourself. Oh, have mercy. Oh, now play it good. Now play it good. Have mercy. Actually, that was not Utsi the Caveman. That was, in fact, a mighty dapper fellow, a good man, Andre Williams, doing a song about bacon fat. Not coincidentally, after playing playing this song after a bit about a 5,000-year-old prosciutto, we have bacon fat. So the universe is connected one way or the other, no matter how fast... Uh, Doppler cables or whatever the heck those things were called are pulling the magic the, the magic Milky Way through the universe, and now I am babbling. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Here's another bit of scientific stuff. This from Michigan State University. A team of MSU scientists has genetically sequenced two species of poisonous mushrooms. I guess you can't eat that. Discovering that they can theoretically produce billions of compounds through one molecular assembly line... This may open the door to efficiently tackling some lethal diseases. The study is published in the journal BMC Genomics, revealing the DNA of two Amanita mushrooms, which are responsible for the majority of fatal mushroom poisonings. The team will focus on the death cap, which grows all over the West Coast and Europe, and the destroying angel native to Michigan. So they found that these mushrooms have the potential to synthesize many more peptides than previously known, and this will be able to help them come up with ideas for tackling some lethal diseases. 
Science is interesting and very strange, too. Now for food and politics, food and dinner. How about White House correspondent dinner? Well, comic Samantha B says the Associated Press, is throwing a counterparty to the annual White House correspondent's dinner this spring. Scheduled for the same April night as the real dinner, B says she'll welcome journalists and, quote, non-irritating celebrities, unquote, to the first annual Not the White House Correspondents' Dinner, often called the Nerd Prom. The real dinner mixes politicians, journalists, and celebrities. Some critics suggest it's an uncomfortable mingling of journalists and their sources, and it remains to be seen how the event will be changed with the Trump administration. B said all the proceeds from the Not the White House Correspondents' Dinner will go to the Committee to Protect Journalists. And there you have that. One more piece of reminder news. Popcorn Falls is being presented by Theater Nova in Ann Arbor at the Yellow Barn at 410 West Huron Street this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So that's tonight at 8, Friday at 8, Saturday at 8, 2 p.m. Sunday. Theater Nova presents Popcorn Falls. I've been Mike, and this has been Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture, also at WCBN.org. Arwolf and Face the Music coming up in just a moment. For those who are still celebrating the Lunar New Year, the Year of the Rooster, Happy New Year to you. The tradition is that the, the Lunar New Year celebrations can go on for as many as two weeks in some parts of the world. There is a rooster that's gone missing, though, running around, having a good time. We can't find it. If you see my rooster, please run him home. So says Memphis Minnie, the hoodoo lady. goes like this. This has been WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Keep on listening and never stop doing that.
Thank you, Memphis Many. Thank you, Mike. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Time to face the music together. Is something most everybody that I talk to has been on edge, been losing a lot of sleep. We're just trying to go about our business and survive and get our work done, and every single day we get some insane news that comes down the pike. So we got to stick together and face the music together. Let's do it. You want to do it? Well, let's go. (laughs) 